When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you're listening to episode 310 of Sustainable Minimalist. If you're new here and you have no idea what this show is about, it is about intentional and eco-minimalist living. So happy to have all of you. Today we are doing it again. We are doing a rapid fire episode. Rapid fire episodes are when I take five-ish questions. Today we're doing five. I'm taking five questions that listeners wrote to me about. They want my thoughts, my opinions, and we're answering them. And today is a real smorgasbord. I'm just going to tell you all right off the bat. We're covering the gamut. We're talking about low-waste pet ownership. We're talking about helpful apps. We're talking about gifting for kids. We're talking about laundry strips. And let me say too that when I do these rapid fire episodes, I first of all, I get an awful lot of emails from all of you and I'm so grateful for that. However, some questions I get, they're really great questions, but I don't know if I can make a full 20 to 30 minute episode out of such questions. So that's where the rapid fire episodes come in. Again, we're hitting the smorgasbord today and we're going to start today with a question about laundry strips, and specifically True Earth detergent strips. So Jenny wrote to me, and Jenny wanted me to offer up my best thoughts, suggestions, concerns about True Earth laundry strips. Now, I have to disclose right off the bat that a very lovely lady from True Earth did indeed send me a bunch of strips to try, no strings attached. So what am I saying there? I'm saying I did not pay for the strips. But also, the company did not pay me for this review either. For anybody who doesn't know what a laundry strip is, it's a strip. It looks like a piece of paper. It's laundry detergent. You throw it in your washing machine. It comes in an envelope. Very oftentimes, True Earth comes in an envelope. It's very light. It doesn't come in that heavy plastic jug. Easy peasy. Now, there are plenty of pros to True Earth strips. They are free of a lot of the nasties that those of us in the non-tox living world seek to avoid. They're paraben-free. They're free of dyes. They're free of chlorine bleach. They're free of phosphates. So all good news. They're also vegan. So no animal-based ingredients, no testing on animals. And in my life, as I used these strips, I did find that they do indeed dissolve completely. That's really important because True Earth strips are not the only detergent strip on the market. Some of them I have found do not dissolve. They just sit 
I don't know whether it's my water or the strip itself or the temperature of my water. I do wash in cold, but the strip just attaches itself to the exterior of my machine drum and then just becomes a gooey mess. True Earth strips did not do that. So big high five to True Earth for that. I do also believe that the True Earth strips cleaned my clothes. We want our clothes to be clean after we wash them. True Earth, I do believe, does that. But now we got to get into the cons. And the first con is True Earth specific. And that would be the price. Where I live, and I do live in a fancy schmancy place where costs are high, I do believe, the package at the store costs $15 for 32 loads. So that's 46 cents a load. And while on one hand, you could say 46 cents for a load of laundry, that's that's not much. That's not a lot of money. 46 cents, you do a load a day, 50 cents, no big deal. But that price is about a quarter-ish more expensive per load than Tide, let's say, than conventional Tide. So it is more money. That's not true earth specific, I would say. Most of these eco-friendly, low-waste, non-tox or low-tox detergents, they do cost more money, but you're paying for your values in this case. The other problem here too, again, not related specifically to true earth, but related to these strips in general is the PVA problem. Now, what on earth is PVA? PVA is polyvinyl alcohol. And most laundry pod or laundry sheets, they list polyvinyl alcohol as an ingredient. Polyvinyl alcohol is plastic-based. And so many of us, we think we're using a pod or more specifically, we're using a sheet. We think we're zero waste. We're zero plastic. We're plastic-free because there's no very visible plastic jug. And worse than that, I would say, is... This is not related to True Earth, but in general, when brands say they're plastic-free, but they're using PVA, they're not plastic-free. They're not plastic-free. And to take this one step further, we as consumers think we're doing great by the environment because we're not buying a plastic jug. And we think the product is also convenient because it's as easy as ripping off a strip and throwing it in the washing machine We think, oh my goodness, low waste and convenient. Yes, sign me up. However, that PVA is what keeps the detergent together in that handy dandy strip. It's what keeps the detergent together in that handy dandy pod. Now, research is still developing on the effects of PVA. However, preliminary research does find that PVA does have the potential to enter groundwater and enter our water system. So we're talking about microplastic a lot on this show, the problems of plastic as a pervasive element in our natural world, a pervasive man-made element in our natural world. I do think that as we continue the laundry strips, laundry pods, PVA conversation, we need to remember that PVA is not benign. Okay, so that's random question number one. Thank you, Jenny, for the question. We are moving on to question number two. And question two doesn't come from just one person. This question comes from at least a dozen, maybe even dozens of you. I get this question all the time. And it is about low waste, zero waste, eco-friendly 
pet parenting. Now, for the purposes of today's conversation, we are just going to focus on dog ownership. However, if you have a cat, if you have a lizard, if you have, I don't know, a ferret, do people still have ferrets? They were very popular when I was a kid in the 90s. But if you have another pet, I would say that the principles remain the same. So the question that I get tends to be something like this. Having a pet leads to a lot of waste and people tend to buy cheap toys, cheap products for their pets, which in turn creates more waste. So what can we do with our pet? In this case, we're talking about dogs to make that dog ownership, dog adoption, dog fostering more eco-friendly. Okay. So Whenever I get this question, the first, I have to be honest, the first thing that comes into my mind is, honestly, I don't understand because I have a dog and I have a cat and I personally do not feel as though they create all that much waste. So Dana is a listener to the show. We chat back and forth on the internet all the time. Dana is a dog rescuer. She has rescued four dogs and I asked her for her best dog ownership slash zero waste slash eco-friendly tips. And so a lot of these tips are hers. Thank you, Dana, for offering them up. They also have a little bit of my thoughts sprinkled in. And my first thought here is that the tenets of sustainable minimalism are quality over quantity, less is more, and reuse, repurpose whenever you can. So those are three of the tenets. These three tenets are especially true when it comes to our furry friends. Our furry friends, our lizard friends, our ferret friends, they do not care one little bit about having the most or having the best or having the newest or having the most fashionable. The other day I saw a dog with a coach collar on it, just thinking to myself, that is not for the dog. That is for the owner. And so let's talk about tenant one for a minute, quality over quantity. And let's apply it to our, in this case, dog. How can you apply quality over quantity to your dog? Well, it at the outset means you buy the better quality items or you find them for free or you thrift them, but you get the better quality stuff. So not the plastic bowls. Dana says she always uses stainless steel bowls. They don't crack. They don't shatter. She said she's been using the same stainless steel bowls for her dogs for over 12 years. That's four dogs for over 12 years. She also says that they purchase indestructible and American-made toys that you don't have to keep replacing. Now, this is my tip. My dog uses Westpaw toys. Westpaw is an American-made company. They're based in Colorado. They are a certified B Corp. Some of their toys, like some of their lines of toys, once your dog destroys them, you can send them back and they will repurpose them, recycle them, create a new toy out of them. So amazing. They are just killing it with the zero waste in that regard. And a lot of their other toys, they're made from recycled plastic. They are super durable. If you have a tough chewer, a chewer that just destroys toys in five minutes or less, I suggest you check out Westpaw. I've linked to them in the show notes. They were a previous sponsor of the show, but they're not currently sponsoring this review. Uh, Same with, you know, your dog bed. Purchase a well-made dog bed. If you purchase a good dog bed, your dog will live its happy life. Your dog will move along into their next life 
and you will still have the bed for your next furry friend. So again, quality over quantity. Don't buy cheap if you can help it. Thrift, borrow, buy new if you must, the quality stuff. So that's tenant one. Tenant number two, especially when it comes to dogs, let's be real, less is more. Your dogs do not care about being fancy. Your dogs do not care about their bandana. They do not care about their leash. They do not care about their poop bag holder. They do not care about whether their favorite toy is the fanciest dog toy on the market. They only care about you. So if you want your dog to have a bandana, perhaps you make one out of a shirt that is stained or ripped or no longer fits you. If you want your dog to have a coach collar, maybe maybe that's something you need to investigate internally within you. If you want to do a photo shoot with your dog, perhaps you, this is so silly to me, I can't even believe I'm saying photo shoots with your dogs, but if no judgment, if that's something that you're into, perhaps you set up the scape with stuff you already have and instead of buying new items. And then finally, tenant number three of sustainable minimalism, reuse and repurpose when you can. I feel like this is just so perfect for dog ownership. You hardly ever need to purchase new items for your dog. You can get probably anything you need thrifted. Facebook Marketplace, a garage sale, your buy nothing group, the same place you would get stuff for yourself or for your own home. You can apply those principles to your dog. Dana even said that at her shelter, where I believe she volunteers, they had a big dog garage sale, and they sold items that had been donated. The shelter made $4,000 to help dogs in need. What a huge win. Am I right? Now, a big one here is the plastic bags for picking up the poo. I'm just going to say poo. I could say feces, but I'm going to say poo. (laughs) Uh... Before, a pooper scooper was very, well, first of all, let's go back. A pooper scooper is basically like a claw item, (laughs) another commercialized thing to pick up poo. You don't need that. You could just use a shovel. Let's be honest. A shovel works in that regard. However, if you were going around the block and you don't want to carry around a shovel, I feel that would be weird. Your neighbors would think you're strange. Why not just repurpose bags that you already have in the house instead of buying the fancy schmancy virgin plastic ones that come in a nice little roll? I do not buy poop bags for my dog. I know I've said this before, but any bag that comes my way, any plastic bag that comes my way becomes a poop bag. Bread bags is a big one. We go through a thing of bread, the bag becomes a poop bag. I just tie it in a knot on the leash and I go on my merry way. Produce bags at the supermarket become poop bags. I will say, however, I know from experience, you might want to use two at once because they're really flimsy. Just a little top tip for me. If you are going on your walk and like me, you see plastic bags all the time on your walk. And usually, I mean, they could be like a a pharmacy bag, definitely pick that up and tie it to your leash. But it could also be fresh poop bags that somebody's tearing off as they're walking their own dog and then one flies away and they say, "Eh, oh, well, well, one man's trash is another man's treasure. I should say one woman's trash is another woman's treasure. Pick that up, tie it to your leash 
and you've just got yourself there four new poop bags ready to be reused. So if I could just say one thing, don't buy new poop bags. You are paying money for more fossil fuels to be pulled from the earth to make a poop bag for your dog. Crazy pants. Reuse if you can. Puppy pads. That's another thing Dana alerted me to. A puppy pad? Really? How about just a good old-fashioned towel for your dog who's having accidents? If you're training your dog on a puppy pad, you can. However, dog trainers much smarter than me say that training your dog to go in the house on a puppy pad is not nearly as advantageous to you in the long run as just teaching your puppy to pee outside. So perhaps you skip the puppy pads. Perhaps you skip the items labeled or marketed as puppy cleanup wipes. Nope, nope, nope. Two more tips from Dana. She has been trying a plastic-free dog shampoo. A friend makes human soap, and she came up with a dog-friendly recipe, I guess is the right word. Uh, Same with treats. Dana feeds her dogs homemade treats. I would have to add the disclaimer, make sure you check with your veterinarian first. But again, great idea. And Dana's final tip, we can't go on to our next question without mentioning this. If you are considering a dog, why not adopt? Because adopting saves a life. So thank you, Dana, for all those tips. We're going to take a really quick break. I'm talking so much today. (laughs) Whenever I'm not interviewing and I'm just talking into a microphone in my closet, I have a lot to say clearly. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to let our sponsor speak, and then we're going to come right back with three more questions. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, HomeThreads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. HomeThreads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to HomeThreads. We have a HomeThreads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. 
And we are back. We are discussing listener questions today. We're on to question number three. And question number three comes from Corey. Corey wanted my opinions on the Yuka app. So it's an app for your smartphone. It is spelled Y-U-K-A, Y-U-K-A. And it is an app. It's free. And it allows you to scan the barcodes of food and personal care beauty products when you're at the store, let's say, and instantly it gives you a rating, either red, yellow, or green. Or if you click on the rating, it also gives you detailed information about why the product is rated that way. Now, I should say, I downloaded the app. I had never heard of it before. So thank you, Corey. What a cool resource. Yuka has a lot of benefits. Number one is they have 3 million referenced products on the site. So it's very going to be very rare for you to take out your phone, scan an item, and have it say, no match. 3 million products. Amazing. 2 million of those are food products, and 1 million is cosmetic products. Each item of these 3 million are evaluated according to nutritional quality, presence of additives, and organics. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, why would I trust them? Yuka is 100% independent. So a brand cannot pay to get a higher rating on Yuka. That's what they say. That's not the same for all of these you know, apps or databases where you enter in or scan your product that you're interested in. Some of these apps or databases, they make money by... You guessed it, taking money from brands. So they're not always independent, but Yuka says they are. I find that Yuka in particular is much more convenient than the Environmental Working Group Skin Deep Database for cosmetics. However, I will say that one one way in which the EWG wins is that you can type a product in. With Yuka, you can only type a product in if you are a paying member. So that's like an added feature. However, if you are in the grocery store, you want to scan a product, easy peasy. My opinion is that this app would and will be an awesome companion at the grocery store. It is so easy. You just take out your phone, you scan the barcode, you get a color rating really quick, and then If you want, you can get more information as to why exactly the product got the rating it got. Another great aspect to the app as well is that if you are clicking on something, it comes up red. So it's saying, halt, stop, no, there's something wrong. You can get alternate product recommendations, healthier alternatives. So it's not just like red up too bad. It's red here. Why don't you check these out instead? I love that about it. Now, a couple thoughts on my end is that I personally am pretty militant these days about health and wellness. It's just where I'm going on my own personal journey. And so I have the app, I'm going around scanning, I went around scanning in the grocery store and I put this through my own little personal test. And I will say that some items that I scanned that in my mind are red, the app didn't agree with me. They rated them as higher is what I personally would rate them. And so I say all that to say that if you are further along in your journey, your low-tox, healthy eating journey, Yuka might not align with those further along values. 
But that said, yucca would be great for newbies who are just so confused by reading labels. They don't know what to look for. They need some help. Yucca is about to be your best friend. And even though I am somewhat militant, I still use yucca in those instances where I am looking at a new product I've never purchased before and I'm not quite sure. So yucca, Y-U-K-A, and thank you so much to Corey for the question. Okay, we're moving right along to Elizabeth's question. Elizabeth wrote to me and she said, I am a vegan for the environment, but I have a hard time not producing packaging waste from oat milk containers, impossible burger containers, tofu cartons, etc. Can you please do an episode on reducing vegan package waste? Okay, Elizabeth, great question. Awesome question. And I probably will still do an episode out of this at some point because it's a good one. Right off the bat, though, on this rapid fire episode, I must say that a low waste vegan would follow the same principles of living and eating as a low waste carnivore. So what does that mean? That means that you are going to, and here are my tips for you, you're going to make as much as you can at home. Homemade meals cooked from scratch as much as possible. Again, don't kill yourself, but homemade meals from scratch. A low waste vegan would embrace this and so would a low waste carnivore. Again, bulk bin staples when you can. So in my bulk bin section of my grocery store, I can get grains, pasta, lentils, rice, beans. What can you make out of those items? Because that is the true zero waste way. It's the true frugal way. It's the true environmentally friendly way. It is the true vegan way. So my favorite go-to meal when I don't know how to cook for myself, rice and beans. Healthy, zero waste, vegan, done. So again, focus in on the bulk bin staples. Remember too, to shop the periphery of the grocery store, the fruits and vegetables are always on the one of the ends of the supermarket. If you bring your own bag and you're buying loose, that is zero waste. So more fruits and vegetables. And remember that food waste is also waste. So actually eat your leftovers. Again, this is something I'm still working on in my own home. You got to eat your own leftovers. (laughs) Because if you're throwing your leftovers in the trash after you shopped at the bulk bin and cooked from scratch, that's still waste. So it's not a zero waste option. Eat your leftovers. And if you're not going to eat your leftovers, freeze them if possible. Give them away. Do something with your leftovers. I can't say it enough because it sounds so simple, but how many of us actually do it? And then I would also say here too that two more things. The first is that if you are further along on your vegan journey, I suggest look beyond the Impossible Burgers, the tofu, the oat milk, et cetera. So look beyond these convenient or, excuse me, even the non-dairy cheese. That's a great example here. Look beyond these swaps. Look beyond swaps in general and look toward homemade, made-from-scratch meals. I do believe that the uh, Impossible Burgers or the meat alternatives or the non-dairy cheeses, they absolutely have a place in a vegan journey. They had a place in my vegan journey, for sure. They are swaps. They help ease the stress and difficulty of the transition. However, there's a lot of potentially hazardous (laughs) ingredients in these items. They're not all that healthy all the time. And so as we 
journey down our paths, perhaps you step away from these items. Now, I say all that to say, Elizabeth, that it's really important at the end of the day to just accept that there will be package waste from these items, just like there's package waste from eating meat. There's package waste. That is 2022 living. Even though you're vegan for the environment and even though that lifestyle right now for you and your season of life is creating some trash, remember the big picture. The big picture is that going vegan with waste, with plastic waste, does not negate the amazing environmental benefits of being vegan. Going vegan, so just so we're on the same page, going plant-based, eating less to no animals and less to no animal products, that is the number one most impactful action we can all take to benefit the planet. I've done so many episodes on this, so I'm not going to go on my soapbox, but Going vegan is the best thing you could do. So if there is a bit of plastic packaging waste that's generated from your decision of going vegan, just take a big deep breath, sigh, say it is what it is. I'm still doing my absolute best and you are doing amazing, Elizabeth. One more quick thought here too. Don't forget that it's really darn important and impactful to write to your favorite, I don't know, tofu brand, non-dairy cheese brand, impossible burger, meat alternative brand, and write to them and say, please stop using virgin plastic in your containers. Please use 100% recycled plastic. That will take you five minutes. You can make yourself a script. You can copy and paste it. You can send it to all your favorite brands in maybe 10 minutes or less. And again, your voice is important and your voice matters. We are going to move on to our fifth and final question today, which is gifting for kids around the holidays. This question comes from Lindsay. She says, help, Christmas is coming. I have two young kids. What do I get them for Christmas? I want to be a minimalist. We have too many toys. What do I do? Okay, Lindsay, I'm here for you. I hear you. I'm there every November. It starts, it's starting now, even in October. I've done episodes on this, so I'm not going to get too deep into the woods, but I am going to say something that I don't believe I've ever said on any of those other previous episodes. And that is if you have a parenting partner, make sure you two are on the same page. If one parent wants to cut back on gifts and the other wants to recreate their overabundant childhood, the overabundant parent will always win. It's just the way it goes. I don't know why it happens this way, but it happens. So it is, as of this recording, October, beginning of October. Sit down now with your partner. Put your phone away. Make sure the kids will not interrupt you and have a soul-centered conversation about what the holidays are going to look like for your children. Talk about your goals for not just the holiday, but for their childhoods. Do you want your Christmas morning or your Hanukkah celebration or your Kwanzaa celebration to be about the gifts? Do you want it about the presents with a TS or do you want it to be about the presents with a CE? What amount of gifting fits into your household's financial goals? These are all questions to get on the same page about. Now, my husband and I, we follow a gifting framework. I did not come up with this. If you're a seasoned minimalist, you've heard of this gifting framework till you've been blue in the face. But 
there's so much value in this framework because it takes the stress out of, am I overbuying? Am I underbuying? And it is the want, wear, need, share, read, experience framework. So you set, you're setting categorical limits so that you're giving six gifts in this case, and each gift satisfies a category. So a want, something your child really wants and is going to be excited for on Christmas morning or on Hanukkah evening, something to wear, something that they need for their bodies. Is it gloves? Is it a hat? Is it a, is it skis? Something they need, something that they actually need. Maybe it's new pencils for school. I don't know. Something they need, something to share. So a gift for the home. In my home, this is usually Legos. We are a gigantic Lego family. I have bruises on the bottom of my feet from stepping on Legos. It is what it is. Something to read, a book, maybe a magazine subscription. Usually my daughter's elementary school has a book fair right during the holidays. So I go there. I buy them a ton of books. I spend more money than I would if I was on Amazon, but I'm supporting their school and I'm giving them stuff to read. So that works for me. So want, wear, need, share, read, and then an experience if it's in your budget. Can you buy them tickets to the aquarium or tickets to an amusement park? Or how about a show? How about a museum exhibit? So something for everybody to do together. Again, the minimalist gifting framework, not my idea, but an idea that I follow and have followed with my husband every year for six years. Every year before Christmas, because we celebrate Christmas, I create a shareable note on our phone. We then, as our days go on, we write in our ideas in the categories for both kids. So let's just say the want category might have three or four ideas there because he's adding in his ideas and I'm adding in mine. But then we sit down and we work together to choose the best want item, the best wear item. We work together. And once we have the comprehensive list of what we're getting, we buy only the items on the list. I won't say we never buy an extra gift here or there because we do sometimes. This is real life. But we strive to do the gifting with intention because that's an important value to me. So want, wear, need, share, read, experience, Again, Lindsay, I've done a lot of episodes on this, so I'll link to them in the show notes if you want to go deeper. But my final word for you, Lindsay, is to number one, if you have a parenting partner, sit down now and get on the same page. All right, listeners, my throat hurts. I need some water. This was a long episode, way longer than I expected. I hope you enjoyed this rapid fire episode. If you have a question you want me to answer, a product you want me to review, send me an email or leave a voicemail on the show's voicemail. Both are in the show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 310. I will see you on Tuesday where we are discussing the patriarchy and women's fashion. It's a good one. I'll see you then. Have an amazing weekend. I care about each and every one of you. Reach out if you need me and take care.